Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WM32 Football Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we have been gone for a while, but obviously, just like myself and Wes, we have been enjoying the Euros. Um, in our last episode, we actually did a tournament preview of the Euros, and now, as two weeks have gone by, uh, we are now in the round of 16. So in this episode, myself and Wes will be looking at the round of 16, who we, who we think will be making it through uh, to the quarterfinals. So, Wes, how are you doing today? Yeah, very good, Nelson. Very, very good, obviously. It's been great um, to kind of witness the Euros in all of its entirety um, the last couple of weeks. Have missed you, though, and have missed everybody, of course. <laughs> um, but no, it has been nice to just have that um, kind of consistent football theme um, kind of still going on. Obviously, we've had it with... Um, with other sort of competitions like Premier League, Champions League, you know, that rep, uh, repetitive nature of football. Um, so, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice, to be fair. Brilliant, brilliant. So, guys, in this episode, we will be going through each uh, round of 16 tie. Uh, and me and myself, me and Wes will be looking at who we think will be making it through uh, to the quarterfinal stage. So, let, let's get started. So, uh, with our first game, uh, we have Belgium versus Portugal. Now, this is one of the big ties. I wanted to start off strong, you know, with two of the best teams that were considered favourites uh, heading into this tournament. So, Wes, um, Belgium versus Portugal. Um, who do you see um, winning this tie and making it through to the quarters? Well, this is definitely, I think, one of the more glamour ties um, for the... For the last 16, um, yeah, I mean, Belgium, number one ranked team in the world, obviously, for, for a reason. They've got star quality throughout um, throughout the team. You know, got players like De Bruyne, who, OK, has been in and out of the Euros and sort of fits and starts. But when he's been in, my God, has he been in. Um, he's definitely shown, like, his, his star quality. I think Lukaku's been excellent all tournament as well. Um, been a real focal point for the Belgium team. Um, and I think, you know, you've still got players like Hazard that, again, hasn't really shown too much. So you'd like to think now in the knockout stages, those uh, star players for Belgium um, will turn up. But then having said that, Portugal, they've got one of the main men, haven't they? Cristiano Ronaldo. So you can never yeah. rule Portugal out simply because of Ronaldo. Um, but it's not just him. Like They still have some other top quality players. Um, you know, Renato Sanchez dropped an absolute masterclass the other night. <laughs> Um, against France, he was unbelievable. Um, and then you've got the likes of Bruno, Jota, Bernardo Silva, um, all in, all into that mix as well. Um, and even players like Ruben Neves hasn't really had too much, uh, too much game time this tournament. And we know the quality that that he possesses. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I think this will be a tough, tough game to call. Um, but if I was to nail my hat onto one particular team. Um, I'm going to say Belgium just to edge it. Belgium, okay. Um, you know me, I like to make my bold predictions. And just to point out to everybody that what's, you know, the last episode, I did make some bold predictions regarding who I think may have, you know, gone through to knockout stages. Um, but I'm going to agree with you and go forth with Belgium. Um, I think, yeah, Belgium do have, looks, they have the quality. But I think they're very well drilled. I think Roberto Martinez has done a brilliant job since he's taken over. Um, his coach and staff, which obviously has one of my favourite players of all time in Thierry Henry. I think, 
I think people are starting to notice that maybe the impact he may have had on someone like a Lukaku, because I think ever since that, I think he's just destroyed it for Inter, you know, with his club. And uh, we all know he's Belgium's record goal scorer. And it's likely that even after Ronaldo, because this is likely to be Ronaldo's last Euros. So Ronaldo's obviously going to get as many goals as he can. But I think Lukaku is that next person in place to potentially break the Euro record because um, he's done so well in these major tournaments uh, for international. So I will go for Belgium. What do you think the scoreline will be, Wes, then? Give us a prediction. 2-1 Belgium. 2-1 Two Two one Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, I think Lukaku is going to score. I'm going to go with De Bruyne. Um, and then, obviously, Portugal. I think you can't, if you can't look past Ronaldo to, to, to score. Um, you know, the way that he's conducted himself, I think, throughout this tournament. You know, we saw it again, even in the French game. Um, potentially wasn't in it, but when they had his opportunities, he took them. Um, led that counter-attack as well um, for Portugal in the in the game against Germany as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, when Ronaldo is there, you can't just not think um, that he's not going to score, put it that way. Brilliant. Uh, I don't know about the scoreline for me, but I'm going to agree with you and go 2-1. Tight game, 2-1. So, brilliant. Let us look now at our next tie because the winners, guys, of Belgium or Portugal will face, potentially, Italy or Austria. So that is the next tie that we'll, me and Wes will be talking about. So, Wes, Italy and Austria. Obviously, Italy finished top of their group, and Austria just scraped it in second place. It's their first time ever reaching this stage uh, in, a, in a major tournament. What are your predictions uh, for this game? Um, I think Italy have been really, really impressive. Uh, probably been the most impressive team, I would say, throughout the the tournament so far. The way Mancini's got them uh, playing... Um, you know, you mentioned with Belgium being well drilled. I think this Italian side is is unbelievably drilled. Um, you know, literally to the to the the finest of detail. Um, but I think it's it's more their attacking play and the way they've gone at teams. Obviously, they destroyed your dark horses, um, Turkey. Yeah, had to throw that one in there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they've just been they've just been tearing teams apart really with the way they play. I know they haven't necessarily got the level of goals or their expected goals perhaps that their players shown but I think in terms of their overall play they've really dominated I think the majority of well they've pretty much dominated the group um, so I fully expect Italy to to go through here um, within this particular tie it's probably one on paper um, that if you could sort of cherry pick any sort of nation um, that you would have been up against or potentially up against I think Austria would have definitely been one that you would have wanted. Um, yeah. But having said that, you know, Austria still have some some good players. Um, you know, likes of Sabitzer from Leipzig, obviously David Alaba. Um, you, you know, you still got Arnautovic um, and we all know his quality. Oh, yeah. Um, so they've still got those game changers really in their Austria. But, um, you know, they've, they've done well to get to this particular point. Obviously, as you mentioned, they're their first time. But I think their group, was fairly favourable. It was probably a straight shootout between them and Ukraine as to who was sort of finishing either second or third, really. Um, so, yeah, but I think Italy Italy will advance um, and I'll be very, very shocked if if they don't. The Azzurri. Um, yes. I've always loved watching Italy play and recently people have been talking about, like you mentioned, the attacking style that Mancini has now brought 
to Italy, they've called it the Ticket Italia, which is something that I've never heard before. <laughs> but I Love think it. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a catchy name. It catches on. Um, yeah. Um, to keep it short, I think Italy are going to go past Austria. I think, I, I believe they're the only team that have not yet conceded. They've won all their games, haven't conceded the goal. And we know how great the Italian defence is. We know that their league is associated with defending and tactical flexibility. Um, what are your, I believe Italy will win. So what are your predictions in terms of a scoreline then for this Italy and Austria game? 2-0 Italy. Um, I think, is it Locatelli? I don't know if yeah, I pronounced Locatelli. that right. Um, yeah. But he's been bagging goals. So I, uh, I fully expect him to get one. And I think it's a, it could be a straight shoot, I think, for the second one in terms of Immobile or Chiesa. Because um, I think those oh, two, yeah. again, have been absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll probably go 2-0 Italy. Um, and like I say, either Locatelli, um, Immobile and or Chiesa. Um, or Chiesa will get the will get the goals. Cool. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think... I think Italy will go out there. Um, I actually think... Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add Insigne in your list of goal scorers. Ooh, yeah. Because I love me Lorenzo Insigne. Um and yeah, I think yeah, Italy 2-0. So um yeah, so the winners of Belgium and Portugal guys will likely will potentially face the winners of Italy and Austria. So we'll remain in that bracket and look at the other ties in the same bracket, and that is the next tie that is France versus Switzerland. Okay, so France. Uh, we saw them just play a wonderful game in Portugal, probably one of the best games of the tournament, which finished 2-2. They finished top of their group uh, just slightly. And you've got Switzerland. Switzerland, I believe, are one of the uh, best-placed fur teams uh, to qualify and make it into this next round. So, Wes, France and Switzerland, what are your takes? And what do you think? How do you think this will end? Um, well, we all know the depth and the quality of this French national team. It's It's... It's an absolute joke, to be, to be fair. Um, you know, it's one of those where their B team could probably go fairly far. Um, or you could even have an 11 of um, players that France haven't selected. And again, that could go quite far in this particular tournament. But I feel like yeah. France, I wouldn't say they've gone unnoticed or under the radar. I just feel like everybody knows their quality, but I don't think they've shown it in the in its truest form yet. Um so, you know, I think there has been a couple of games where they have struggled. Um, certainly the Hungary game, they struggled big time um, with that. I don't know whether that was the fact that it was, you know, played in Hungary, the, the crowd getting behind that Hungarian team um, and, and stuff like that. But no, I think, I think France now, it's kind of like, I almost see it as almost like a Real Madrid type or Juventus or Barcelona in like the Champions League where they do enough to get through. And then once they get through, it's like, right, now it's time to turn up. Um, and, and again, in the knockout stages, I, I fully expect France to, to go through. Um, you know, they've got an, an array of world-class talent throughout the, the team um, and Moussa Sissoko um, as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, how, I, this most baffling decision, I think, of the Euros, how he's managed to wing his way into, into that squad. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, again, I fully expect France to to go through. Um, again, Switzerland coming through the group with Turkey in it, which was your dark horse. Um, yeah, you won't let that go. I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I think, again, Switzerland, 
have got a couple of like game changers or, or players of real quality. You know, Shakiri can can turn a game yeah. with a piece of magic. Um, so yeah, I think his quality in the final third um, will be the key for Switzerland. But having said that, I think France will have more than enough um, to get to get through. Um, I don't know if you're on a similar page or you're on a different one to me. Um, but yeah. keen to hear what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this short and sweet because I love my bold predictions, but I think we all know. Like you, I think like, I think a great a great thing you mentioned was uh, the mentality switch. Um, so obviously you get some teams that just come in and are aggressive from the off when they begin the tournament. But yeah, France are one of those type of teams where I think they will turn it up, and um, I, be, I I think I believe they'll win. Uh, as, I mean, the fact that you've got Granite Jack in the Switzerland side doesn't give me hope at all. If you're a Switzerland fan, I'm sorry. Um, but like you said, they do got some quality players. I like. I, I definitely have been a big fan of Mbolo. Seen him mm. up top. He's a very he's a good striker. Um, but no, France have got depth. They've got the quality, and I expect them to win. I'm going to give a scoreline potentially of. Uh, I think Switzerland will bag a goal, but you know to give them a, a little scare. But I think France will have it under control. So. I'm going to go for 3-1. Um, I think you're going to get goals from... I think Mbappe will get his goal because um, I know he's been performing really well. I'm going to get Benzema to get another one. It was really exciting to see, you know, Benzema to get one. And I'm going to go for a Rabiot goal. I think Rabiot has played very well for France so far. And he had a really good chance against Germany when he went through. Um, but yeah, those are my predictions. And... Yeah, 3-1. What about yourself? Um, I'm going to go with you, actually. I was thinking in my head, as you were literally going through it, I was thinking 3-1. Um, I I think, yeah, Benzema... I'm going to go with the front three um, to yeah. bag Benzema, Mbappe, Griezmann. Um, I think Griezmann has played really well this tournament. I think he's done a lot of kind of unselfish work um, alongside Benzema. Um, but I don't think that's really been of a detriment to Mbappe either like I don't think they're yeah. I don't think their unselfish work is for him it's just more yeah. of a team thing um and yeah I think Rabiot's been really disciplined um between him and Kante and it's kind of allowed Pogba that free roaming role which we all know that he enjoys unfortunately he can't get that at United because they don't have it um yeah, yeah they don't yeah. have that level of security around him um and I don't think they can really fit fit him and Bruno in the same team at the moment United um, so yeah I think yeah I think France will have the game under control um, I, I, there is a part of me that thinks that Switzerland might actually go a goal up because in in the games that I've seen France play almost they need to go behind to kind of wake up a little bit um, and it's like right okay now we start playing and then they, they, they switch it up and go through the gears almost and I definitely saw that in the in the game against Portugal where they went a goal down all of a sudden it was like, right, um, let's, let's start playing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, fully, fully expect France to, to go through um, on this one. Wicked. Um, just before we move on to the next side, a fun fact, France are actually in terms of market value, their squad, they're the second highest throughout all the teams remaining in the competition with 1.03 billion. Cool. I will let you know, because there is another team, in this current, you know, knockout bracket, who actually have the highest market value. But we'll move on to that a bit later. So let's move on to our next uh, tie. Uh, the winners of France or Switzerland may potentially face Croatia or Spain. 
Now, this one's a juicy one. I think this is another one of those, you know, glamorous ties, I believe, because I think Croatia have actually done really well to get themselves up there, um, especially since, you know, their last 2018 World Cup run. So, Wes, Croatia, Spain, how do you see this one? Croatia, obviously, just hit second place. You've got Spain, who also maybe, you know, after Van der Vaart's message decided, you know what, let's just crank it up and show this guy who we are made of, obviously, finished second in their group. So how do you think this game will go? Um, this one, I think, will probably be one of the tightest games in the tournament. Um, yeah. And I think it will be typical Spain, dominate the ball, dominate everything between both boxes. Um, but unfortunately, because they've got Alvaro Morata up front... Um, <laughs> You know, the Spanish Timo Werner, essentially. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, obviously Spain struggling to convert um, chances in that final third. Um, but I think Croatia, yes, they've got that experience of that the last World Cup um, and things like that. But I haven't really been blown away by Croatia. Um, you know, I was fully expecting them to be perhaps a little bit better than what they've what they've shown, um, you know, I don't, yes, Modric obviously uh, came up at the crucial times in the game against Scotland. Um, but I think other than that, I think the Scotland game was probably the one where, you know, people went, okay, Croatia probably arrived, but I was fully expecting them to do a bit more. Like I was expecting them to really give England a bit more of a game and they got absolutely dominated really by England. Um, and then in the game against the Czech Republic, it was like, well, we're, we're kind of here. It was a bit of a lull of a game, really. Um, so, yeah, but like I said, I fully expect this one to be tight. Um, I'm going to go, in terms of a score prediction, I'm going to go with 1-0 Spain um, for this one. I th yeah, I think this one's going to be really, really tight because I think, like I say, Spain are just going to dominate the ball and like they usually do and then have a hat full of chances, but then their conversion rate is quite low. So um, it's almost like Spain are like... the Brighton from the Premier League basically creating all these chances and just not scoring. Uh, um, that's probably one of the probably one of the only times you're going to ever hear Spain and Brighton in the Brighton, same sentence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that's what that's what I'm going for. I don't know about you. Um, I'm actually going to go for another tight game. I mean, I, yeah, I'm going to agree with you in terms of it's going to be a tight game. I'm actually going to make a bold prediction in terms of that there will actually be goals. I think after seeing Spain score five. I think they'll have a lot of confidence in terms of trying to, you know, get rid of like, you know, the conversion rate problem that you mentioned that they, they, they currently have. Um, so I'm going to go for a 3-2 scoreline for Spain. Like, I love seeing goals. Um, I think it brings more excitement to the tournament. Um, but I'm going to go 3-2 Spain. In terms of scoring, I don't know. Um, but I think it'll be a tight one. I think heading into the potential last 15 minutes is probably going to be level. And I think... Spain will potentially grab a winner. But I wouldn't put it past Croatia if it is a tight game to bag a goal as well late too. But I'm going to go 3-2 Spain. So, yeah. So, uh, the winners of France or Switzerland, guys, will potentially face the winners of Croatia and Spain. So, let us move on uh, to the next tie, okay? And that is Sweden versus Ukraine. Now, obviously, not one of the most glamorous ties in the, in the tournament. Um. You have Sweden, who actually did very well in their group to finish first. They finished first in their group. And you had Ukraine as well. So, Wes, how do you see this one going? Obviously, not one of the most glamorous ties, but who do you think will progress into the quarters? Yeah, this game's the deadest game. <laughs> <The last laughs> 16, isn't it? It's one of those where I think 
because we're in that football fever. Like if it was if it was like a normal international game, I don't think many people would kind of watch it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I kind of I'm feeling a little bit for this one. Like oh, um, <laughs> but like you say, Sweden done really really well in terms of finishing first and topping their group. That obviously contains Spain and Poland. In um, I did make a prediction that it was there was going to be one kind of shock um, exit. Obviously, my my thing was Spain, um, but in, instead it ended up being Poland and Robert Lewandowski. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I think you know Sweden kind of go under the radar in the sense they don't necessarily have that sprinkling of stardust within their team. Although Alexander Isak's done really well, I think this tournament. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me potentially if he got a move um, as after the tournament's finished. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ukraine, I mean, you never really know what to expect from, from Ukraine, to be fair. Um, so I know they've got like Yarmolenko, who's probably their, their game-changing player. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of this game, it is like a bit of a bit of a dead rubber, really. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody really wants this game, do they? Let's be honest. Um so, but having said that, it could end up being a game that is full of goals. Yeah. Um, so, although having said that, I think my score prediction will probably be like, it was going to go, I think, into extra time. So I think it might be like 2-2 and then somebody yeah. might nick one or it might go all the way to penalties. Um, but I just feel like Sweden might just edge it. Um yeah, so that's that's what I'm going for. In terms of goal scorers, I'm going to back Isak to get a double for um, oh yeah, oh, for, yeah. for Sweden. And then the I can't even pronounce the Ukrainian striker's name. I'm not even going to try, but I think he's looked. Fairly, oh, I think it's he number looked nine. half decent. Yeah. He's looked half yeah, decent, yeah, yeah. to be fair. Um, obviously, he's, I think he bagged a couple against Holland in in that game. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's looked fairly handy. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he bagged a couple. Um, but yeah, and then obviously I think Sweden might just progress on on penalties. I think. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you in terms of the, the 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 anticipation for this game is not compared to you know others. Um, but I do like the Sweden team. Um, I've watched Isak because I've watched a lot of La Liga this season. You know me and my European football, and he has been tremendous. He gives me similar Zlatan vibes simply because not of arrogance, but of his length, his height but the ball control and skill that he possesses with that kind of height, you wouldn't normally associate a six foot four guy with that blend of So, so you're saying he's got a good touch for a big man. <laughs> he's got, a, he, he's got more than a good touch. Like he, I think he did a spectacular run the other day against, I can't remember which side it was. I think it was uh, Wales, I believe. Uh, no, it wasn't Wales. No, I think it was Spain. I may be wrong, but yeah, Isaac. Yeah. I think it was against Spain. He was like trapped and just did this wonderful piece of skill to get out of danger and created a shot, uh, an opportunity for one of his teammates. So he has that quality that um, Sweden do have. I think also another Sweden star is, I think, Kuliszewski. I think that's how you pronounce it. I may be wrong. He plays for Juventus. Um, yes. You know, yes. he's he's been very good. That last game that they played uh, where Forsberg bagged uh, a brace against Poland, I think he, I thought he was tremendous. I thought he was tremendous. So I think with that, they have more quality, in my opinion, than Ukraine. So I'm going to go... Over the course of 90 minutes, a 2-1 win for uh, Sweden. Um, so, yeah. But, obviously, with one of those teams, the winners of either Sweden and Ukraine will face either Germany 
or England. So as much as they may be excited to potentially progress into the quarterfinals as one of those teams, they have to potentially face England or Germany. And that is the next tie that we'll be looking uh, to. So, Wes, England versus Germany. Rematch of the 2010 quarters. The infamous, you know, disallowed goal, Frank Lampard. Do you think it's time that we get revenge against Germany? Uh, yes, in a, in the simple answer, yes. Um, this is probably the best time for England to capitalise in terms of beating Germany at a tournament. Um, you know, we've Germany got literally, you know, they were scared by Hungary. Um, how many times can you say that over the years? Like a nation of Germany's stature um, getting really, really pulled sort of to the distance and taken to the distance almost by by a country like Hungary. Yes, Hungary actually as a nation have got quite good history with the likes of Pushkas and, and things like that. But, um, you know, on the whole, they then they don't really have that sort of uh, international stature and reckoning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say, this is probably the best time to play Germany. Um, I don't, I look at this German team and I don't feel, doesn't fill me with that, you know, I'm not scared by it at all. Like, you know, nation the size of Germany relying on an 18-year-old in Musiala to come on and get them out of jail. Um, yes, it's always great when a young player steps up, but like, you know, you've still got, there's still other quality players within that German team that really should be doing yeah. more. Um, they've they've really struggled in that group and we all know it was the group of death, but, you know, you're kind of going, well, it's Germany at the end of the day. Um, you know, they should have really made more of it. Um, I think they've been very, very poor. Um, so, yeah, me having said that now, they will probably progress. <laughs> uh, typically um so yeah obviously you can never sort of rule out the germans but it's probably one of the best times to play them obviously their back line hummels is aging um ridiculously bad um yeah and that, we all know mbappe's lightning but he's absolutely made him look like he's towing a caravan um in in that particular game um so yeah i think you know from an england perspective um you know we've got a i think if we have a front three with the majority of it centered around pace, I think we will cause uh, Germany some problems. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a, this will be a juicy game. Obviously we all know the history between England and Germany. Um, yeah. I can't see there being too many goals in it though. I have to say, um, obviously England, what scored two goals all tournament. I think they're the other team that's kept uh, clean sheets throughout the tournament as well. Ah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think England's, England's group stage was based on defensive solidity um, and it's more about not conceding goals as opposed to scoring a hatful. Um, whereas I think that's a stark contrast to the World Cup, whereas the group that we had in the World Cup, um, you know, the teams there, bar Belgium, um, weren't obviously of much cop, so we could go out and play a bit more attacking. Whereas this group, I think, was a bit more level in the sense of, you know, Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic, those sorts of teams are a little bit more on a slightly more level playing field, I'd say. Um, but obviously, you know, Croatia did have that. They do have that little bit more of an X factor in terms of their quality. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think with this with this game, I'd love to see England go through. Um, yeah, 2-1 England. Captain Kane's finally going to bag. Finally going to oh, bag. Yeah. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. But I think it was great from an England perspective as well to see the likes of um, 
Saka coming in and doing really, really well because I'm not going to lie, I actually forgot he was in the England squad. <laughs> the tournament. Like nobody had mentioned Bakaya Saka like at all when it was like, and then when he when it was like announced that he was starting, it was like, oh wait, he's actually here. Like I completely <laughs> forgot that he was like there. It was just kind of it was almost like the thanks for coming award was given to Bakaya Saka. I think until that particular moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, obviously, uh, really, really excited by this particular game. Another juicy glamour tie, um, and I would like to think that England, with that home advantage as well, that might end up taking them over the line. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I hope so too. However, I do think that this game will go into extra time. I hate to say it, but I do think it will go into extra time. I still think England will get the win. Um, and this is where I think Southgate will now be, will come into question in terms of his management. Like, what what are the right changes does he does he make to adjust, you know, to the game, especially if like let's say Germany are dominating for a period of time, is he able to see that to make the right changes? Because I definitely think the first forty five minutes that we played against the Czech Republic, I think it's the best that we've been all tournament. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, a a brilliant you know blend of you know, solidity in defence as well as attacking fluidity like Saka and Grealish. This is me saying to Jack, please come to Arsenal, please. <laughs> but at the same time, like, they just came in and they added so much more of a dynamic as well as Luke Shaw who came in. I think Luke Shaw was brilliant. Harry Maguire was injured but obviously he's come in and brings that kind of, you know, uh, solidity in possession as well. We know he can play out from the back. Um, yeah, I think you mentioned a good point about Germany. The fact that they had to rely on an 18-year-old speaks volumes of their current side. Um, however, if Muller decides to just come and snipe everyone, then um, I'm really scared because <laughs> this guy's an assassin. So if he decides to give a ridiculous speech in the change room that turns everyone's mentality up a notch, then we have to, like... <sighs> we saw what they were able to do to Portugal like in that in that brief period of time. So, yeah, extra time, in my opinion, but I still think England will win 2-1. So that's my prediction for uh, the England-Germany game. So, yeah, the winners of England or Germany will potentially face Sweden or Ukraine. Now, let's look at the other ties in the same bracket, the last two remaining ties. The first tie we'll look at is the Netherlands versus the Czech Republic. Um, so, Netherlands finished top of their group, Perfect points, um, had home court advantage just like England did, uh, playing in Amsterdam, uh, and they will be facing the Czech Republic, who uh, just made it through in England's group, um, did well against Scotland, uh, got a draw, and then obviously lost to England. So, Wes, what are your thoughts on this game? Who will be progressing into the next round? Um, for me, I think. You know, Holland have been absolutely brilliant to watch this tournament. You know me, I love my Dutch football. Um, and yeah, just seeing some of these guys um, playing on a on a stage like the Euros has just been absolutely brilliant. Like people are now noticing Denzel Dumfries um, as a, like an attacking kind of force from, from right back. So Denzel, if you are watching, sign for Spurs, please. We do need a right back. Um, you know, you'd fit in quite well. Agent Stevie. Get on the blower, son. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously he's been brilliant. A player that I've uh, known for a few years as well. Um, so, yeah, he's been, he's been brilliant. Um, I felt like a proud dad as well when Ryan Gravenberg from Ajax came on. 
um, because again, he's a player that I've known for a few years, um, and he's been—he was—he actually held his own as well in that particular game. And then he was alongside Frankie De Jong, which is just like a midfield of dreams. Um, yeah. But I think like with this Dutch side, they're just bubbling nicely as well. They haven't had a row yet, which uh, is probably due to happen. Um, yeah. But I think Wijnaldum's influence on this team has been fantastic. Um, you know, he's got that experience of playing in big games um, and stuff. So, yeah, but I think his his kind of runs from deep, um, which we've seen over the years, um, has really, really helped this Dutch team in terms of the, the, the way that they've been playing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I fully expect Holland to to do the business um maybe two two three nil i'm gonna go for um, oh wow okay uh, i think genie genie will bag he's bagged a few um goals already yeah. um and then i think it could be a case of either uh donnell marlin or uh veghorst um might might get the others um but yeah no i think one album's been been absolutely brilliant uh, in the tournament, but they still looked they still looked fairly solid uh, with Delict, De Vry, Daily Blind at the back. Um, so yeah, no, I think Holland just bubbling up nicely, um, and I think they could do really really well in the in the in the rest of the tournament. To be fair, wicked, wicked. Um, yeah, uh, big shout out to Gravenberch there. I'm a big fan as well. Um, and Dutch football, let's just not even get. We could have a whole conversation about the influence of Dutch football, everything, yeah. So uh, I agree with you in the sense that Netherlands will progress. I believe they have too much strong of a, of a, quality, of a strong side uh, to not make it through, just like with the um, Italy and Austria game. Like you mentioned, it would be a huge shock to see the Czech Republic advance. Um, if they were to bag, it may be Switzerland to your scenario when you mentioned the France and Switzerland game for them to bag first. And then Holland to then crank it up and then, you know, put them to bed. Um, so I'm actually going to go for a 3-1 scoreline um, for the Netherlands and Czech Republic. Um, I think Depay as well has been magnificent. I think the fact that he's got his move to Barca, he's just like, okay, I can play him a bit more. Uh, everything's done now. His future's sorted. So he has that freedom to just, you know, play how he should play. Um, De Jong, oh, let's not even get started with De Jong. I could go all, I could go along. Um but, you know, the Netherlands, I mean, not the Netherlands, Czech Republic, uh, I've actually been surprised in terms of how they've played. I think even against England, they actually played very well. I think they actually created a, a lot of chances, could have put them away. Uh, but I think on a better night, I think they could actually put their chances away. So they could provide a potential scare. Uh, but you mentioned about, you know, the fact that even though they don't have Van Dijk, the Vrij, the Licks, they've been pretty solid. So, yeah, 3-1 Netherlands. So... That is who we think will go through. So the Netherlands, um, great. Um, let us move forward to the last tie. So similar to um, Sweden and Ukraine, this is not one of the most glamorous ties. However, it does have a home nation included. So this is between Wales and Denmark. Uh, now, first of all, before we begin, um, let, we obviously are delighted to hear the news that Christian Eriksen has gone out of hospital and is safe now and is in good health. So all our best wishes from us at WM32 to you, Christian. Um, but Wes, looking forward to this uh, Wales-Denmark tie. How do you think this will go on? Wales obviously uh, finished, I believe, second in their group behind Italy. And you have Denmark, who did a remarkable performance the other night to, to win 4-1 uh, against Russia. So um, how do you think this tie will go? I actually think this tie is quite underrated um, because there's some really good players on both 
both teams. Um, I've liked the look of this Wales team. Um, It has definitely been built on that spirit of the last Euros um, mm-hmm. in, in 2016 and we all know what, what happened there obviously with them reaching what was it the semis um, yep, sem- yep. so you know you still got those experienced players of like Chris Gunter Gareth Bale Aaron Ramsey um, but I think as well like what I've seen from this Wales team is is actually a willingness to not give in um, you know they've been, they've they've been sort of shafted with their fixtures really like they've had to travel to Baku for two games um, and then one of those games they were literally the away side because Turkey Turkish fans sort of took over and obviously they got a really really good result um, against Turkey um, your dark horses um, but, <laughs> um, and then obviously that, that Italy game um, as well like that was in Rome so obviously Italy had that home advantage but again I don't think the performance was was too bad from Wales um, yeah so yeah I think Wales have been really really good they've looked fairly solid at the back and I don't know if that's because of Joe Roden uh, the Welsh Maldini um, at the back um, but yeah obviously and then you've got the quality going forward of, of Bale and Ramsey but I think even Dan James has caused some problems with his just his pace um, you know yeah. no defender really likes defending against the player that's that's got pace I'm yet to meet one that does um, but yeah I think this will be a really really good time and obviously with Denmark obviously we all know what happens with with Ericsson and I think they've shown incredible mental strength like every single player um, you know to sort of come back from something like that because at the end of the day like they're not just footballers they're human beings and they've just seen their friend go through something potentially life-changing um, yeah, like yeah. right in front of their eyes so I think their mental strength to come back from that um, has been has been brilliant um, and yeah I think even you know, like you say, their, their last performance was absolutely unbelievable. And I think everybody was kind of half rooting for Denmark just to, you know, yeah, just get yeah, through yeah. Um, and, and, and stuff like that. And thankfully they have. But again, they've got some really, really good players in, in forward areas. You know, Damsgaard has, you know, stepped up to the plate um, and he looks a cracking player. Um, yeah. Paulson, Paulson's done really, really well. Um, obviously scored a, scored a good goal against Belgium. Um you know, when Denmark put a bit of a full-court press on the Belgian side and uh, one of the centre-backs decided to play one round the corner on the edge of his box. Um, so don't do that. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but, yeah, no, I think this will be a really, really good game. Um, and, again, I can see some some goals in here. But if I'm going to if I'm gonna lay my hat, I might have to flip a coin on this one because I can make a case for, for both here. Um yeah, I really can't call it. It's one of those games oh, wow. where I just yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I simply yeah. can't call it because I think, you know, if you make, you, you know, you say one player for one team and then it's like, well, the other one's got one of similar quality by and large. But I think, um, I think if obviously if Ericsson was, was, was fit and available, I think that, that changes things from a Denmark perspective because he is their, their star man uh, in the same way that Bale is for, for Wales. Um but yeah, no, this is one that I simply cannot <laughs> cannot call. Um, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do it. Cool, no worries. Um, I do think a team will win three-two. I just don't know who because, like you said, it's one of those underrated ties. Um, I think in terms of defense, they both don't have the strongest of defenses. That's why I'm expecting a lot of goals. Um, but I do think Bell will bag one. 
I think he hasn't, I'm not sure if he's bagged one yet, maybe wrong. Um, but I think it's time for him in this knockout stage because he was crucial in that last Euro 2016 uh, as well. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those really interesting ties. Like, Denmark have really good quality players, including Martin Braithwaite. Let's just put, like, um, no, I'm, 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 I'm trolling, but um, I'm trolling, but um, no, they did really well that last performance. They've got good up and coming young players. Uh, and if I was, if you, if you made me have to pick, then I'm actually going to go for Denmark. Um, simply because, I, yeah, I'm actually going to go for Denmark. That's just me making my bold prediction. So if it was a case for 3 2, uh, or who would win, I think I'm going to go for Denmark. I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. I'm actually very much looking forward to that game. Um, did you make a prediction in terms of a scoreline? Do you think what um, the game be, or do you think it's yeah? I think I might matched? have to. I might have to go with you in terms of a three-two scoreline. But again, could go really either way. Um, right, I'm going to say Denmark as well. Only just um, okay because I think they've just got this that kind of spirit of Ericsson thing um, with them. I'm not saying that Ericsson's like passed away or anything, by the way, um, before anybody right, starts right. on me, but I just think yeah. it's that they've just got that inner determination now to kind of do it for him. Um, and I think that might carry them a little bit further um, yeah. in the, in the latter stages of the tournament. Um so yeah, but I think I think this will be a really really good game and one that I think people should definitely tune in for um, and to watch if they can. I agree, I agree. Um, so, guys, that concludes us looking at the round of sixteen. Just before we go, I'd actually like to you know me with my quizzes and my facts. I like to present a few fun facts. So I did mention that France did have the second highest uh, uh, market value in terms of their squad. So. Um, the actual highest squad. Wes, do you want to have a guess which squad, which team has the highest well, if it's, market it's, value? Well, I thought it was I thought it was France. To be fair, so I'm, <laughs> I'm quite surprised that it's not them. Um, is, is it the Germans? It's not the Germans. They're actually third. They have the third highest market value oh. in their squad. I'm you, not... I'll give you another guess. I'll give you one more guess. Spain. It's not Spain. They're after, oh, come on. They're after Germany. Oh. It's actually England. England what? have the highest. England have the highest market value squad with one point two six billion euros. They have the oh. highest, and Wales. Unfortunately, they have the lowest. They have one hundred and seventy six million euros, which is so, a big uh, contrast. Yeah, so, so Bale, Bale probably the hundred. <laughs> Bale's the hundred, and everybody. Yeah, Bale makes up. For most of that. Um, in terms of uh, age, uh, the youngest squad uh, in terms of average age in this uh, Euros is England as well, with 25.3. So roughly 25 years old. Obviously, we know we've got talents in Sancho, Saka. I think Jude probably makes up yes. for that average because, yes. you know, he's, he's 17 years of age. Um, and lastly, in terms of foreigners, Transfer Market have actually said uh, that... Uh, Belgium have the highest percentage of foreigners in their team with 92.3%, which is a lot. That's yeah, and second placed in that is Sweden. Sweden Ooh. have 88%, and then you have France who round up the top three with 80, around 81%. So a few fun facts there to share with you guys. 
uh, as we conclude this round of 16 preview. Thank you for joining me and Wes in this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Just before we go, please don't forget to uh, comment down below what you'd like us to do next and who you think as well will make it through to uh, the next round of uh, the, the Euros. As well, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we are also uh, available on Spotify at WM32Football, where this will come out too. Uh, also, follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, uh, uh, TikTok, uh, Snapchat. Follow us, okay, at WM32Football uh, as well. And if you'd like to get your own merchandise, okay, um, just like me and myself are displaying, then you can head over to the shop at wm32football.com slash shop. I think I've got that tongue twister <laughs> sorted because that, that one was a t- challenging one to begin with. But yes, go have a, head over to the shop now to get your merchandise as well. If you'd like to book in for our holiday camps as well, uh, we just had one that went past in June. So if you'd like to book one uh, in, our, in the summer, then please as well, head over to wm32football.com to book your place as well for the summer holiday camps in in partnership with Jack Collison Soccer Schools. So thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it and we look forward to seeing you to the next one. Bye-bye. Cheers. Take care.